Hello and welcome back to Pharmacist Diaries, the podcast that reveals the secret lives of pharmacists, from where their journeys began, where they are now, and everything in between. I hope I did justice doing that introduction because last week my very kind husband and producer of this podcast did me a favor and did the introduction for me and when I listened to it I can only laugh because he sped through it did what he had to do and got the episode out and it wasn't perfect but it was great that he was there to help me um so yeah I'm really excited for this week's episode and I'm back on track with doing my introductions and getting my weekly content out. Um, I had a little bit of a break in August because life just got super, super busy with summer holidays and both the kids being at home, um, a lot of work. Uh, We had a family wedding, we had weekends away, I had my birthday, my son's birthday and my daughter's birthday. So there was a lot going on. Um, So I really struggled to get my consistent week weekly episodes out but I'm back September is going to be a great month for the podcast and we have loads of exciting content but today my goodness today I am excited today I get to introduce the CEO of the pharmacy podcast network Todd Yuri. I can't believe I am now a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, which is so exciting. Todd invited me onto the network a couple of months back, and we have just been liaising with each other about what that's going to look like, how I can amplify my voice with the US market, how I can make connections with other pharmacists who are also podcasters. So this conversation basically showcases the Pharmacy Podcast Network, how it was created. Todd had a vision over 14 years ago creating the network and now there's over 40 pharmacy podcasters within this space so he's releasing at least six seven eight episodes per week and there's a huge variety of pharmacists in the US who have been launching podcasts from everything to do with clinical content education breaking news careers entrepreneurship finances I absolutely love it there's such a big variety and we are so fortunate that we have access to the amount of podcasts that are out there um, to educate us about the pharmacy profession and amplify our voice as well um so yeah I'm I'm there's nothing else I need to say for this episode except get excited and tune in to uh listening to me and Todd enjoy a conversation about the network entrepreneurship how he got involved with uh this business and also um what our relationship is going to look like going forward so happy days tune in guys so I'm so excited to have you on the podcast tonight. I have so many kind of, I love the dance. Um, I have so many exciting, you know, things to kind of raise with you. And, um, you know, Todd, this is an exciting moment for me to uh, have you hosted on the podcast. Um, and welcome to Pharmacist Diaries. Thank you. Thank you. I've been a fan of Pharmacist Diaries since I found you on Instagram. It's amazing how social media, um, just as there's as much goodness of it as there is negativity of it. And as long as you find the good and it, it makes up for all the, all the silliness. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think the, I mean, my normal question is, um, when I have a guest is, you know, why did you choose pharmacy? But today is so different. I guess to uh, start the podcast, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself anyways, and um, the reason why the Pharmacy Podcast Network, how did it come to life? Tell us the story behind the brand. Thank you. Well, I get, I certainly didn't do it on purpose out of the gate. In March of 2009, I was selling pharmacy management system software to specialty, community, long-term care, pharmacy, different settings. And I was doing a lot of blogging and I liked blogging, but I was running out of time to blog versus all of the work that I was doing and the travel that I was doing. So, um, one of my nephews um, told me about podcasting and I didn't know what that was in 2009. And um, I looked it up and I'm like, okay, this might work. And at that time, it was uh, Blog Talk Radio, which is an 800 number that you dial into and you record a very horrible sounding um, audio <laughs> feed and then you can release it out onto an RSS feed, which at the time I didn't know what that was either. Um, and for listeners that might not know, RS feed is your RSS feed is basically the address to your podcast content. And, um, so I put interviews together, um, on a, about a once a week basis. And I was learning about my profession through interviewing other people that I was extremely interested in understanding, mostly tied back to technology. And it stayed that way for. 2009 to 2012, about three years. And then it really became a network after that part where we started bringing in people that knew so much more about pharmacy than I knew. And I wanted to access their credibility and their ideas and resources. And it slowly grew from there, but it exploded in 2018. And um, when I say that, I meant podcasting wasn't really that leveraged as it is today as you know um you know i started listening to podcasts in 2008 and um we have um at that time there were two million listeners in the united states and today and just in the u.s there's 155 million listeners so it's it's definitely changed <laughs> absolutely and tell me a little bit about i guess when you came up with the idea of creating a podcast what sort of um research did you do when you initially kind of came up with the idea? Did you look around to see what other um, podcasters there were out there in the same space? There were. Um, I did. Um, there were there were no other podcasters in the space. Um, the only other podcast that was about pharmacy was the Gradens. Um, Terry Graydon is a pharmacist, and they have an amazing show uh, called The People's Pharmacy, but it was catered towards the consumer. And it was a demystifying of a multitude of different subjects that so actually one of the most popular podcasts out there driven by pharma system. Very proud of that, um, of those the the husband wife couple that that does that. But once again, it was about it was about the consumer content and, it, and, and that was their audience was the consumer. My audience was the professional. So I wanted to pull away from the consumer. Um, and really start to dig into very specific issues that were impacting uh, the profession of pharmacy and the effectiveness of pharmacists and their role, their role in healthcare. So 
it was a very specific reason that I was like, you know what, I, I want to build a podcast that's just for um, the B2B, the business to business um, touch of things and in, in comparison to um, the consumer drive. And how did you find uh, other podcasters as time went by? Did they, uh, did you kind of find them through social media or LinkedIn? Um, or was it just regular checks on uh, podcast networks like Apple and Google searching for what pharmacy podcast existed? Yeah, there were many people came to me because they were listeners and they said this is really when they would search podcasts. We were the only game in town at the time. And it wasn't until about 2011 or 12-ish that other podcasts started to pop up within the the realm of the of the pharmacy profession. Um, and and so I, I used all means. I love Twitter back in the day. It's definitely changed over the years. Um, I really enjoy LinkedIn. I still think that that's my number one uh, social media platform. And um, I would pay attention to what people were writing. And I would reach out to them and say, would you like to be um, a podcast interviewee or interview? And, and let's expand your um your written idea into a audio discussion. And I just think that there's more intimacy in listening to people's voice inflection and their cadence of their voice and how passionate they are about something via um, a podcast versus any other means of, of, um, of content. Even, in, even just including our video today, we have video and audio on Pharmacist Diaries um, however, if you go to strictly audio, once again, there is an element of, um, of confidence that I see coming through people that have never done content interviews. And when they know that they're not on camera, it's less um, of a pressure to them if they think that it's just audio. So I think there was an easing in of a lot of people that either didn't understand what a podcast was at the time, or number two, were maybe a little bit more introverted who felt comfortable doing something in audio that they didn't have to worry about the video, but that's all changed. I mean, that's, that statement would fit between the ages of 2009 and 2016. And after 2016 podcasting finally started to really take off. And, and now we have people like yourself who are extraordinary podcast uh, developers versus people that are still staying in the traditional set of short of of specifically just audio, whereas you and I believe we have to give our audiences a little bit of both. We give them um, primarily audio on Pharmacy Podcast Network, but we're really starting to drive a lot more visual content to accompany um, the audio. Sticking with the times, flowing with what people want. And I love that. And you know, thanks for giving me that feedback. I appreciate that because what you say about building the pharmacy podcast network in the early days and what you were trying to achieve is what I'm going through now. And it's quite funny because podcasting has existed for quite some time now. And like you said, it's moving forward, going from audio to video. Um, there's so many developments that I'm constantly keeping up with and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love all the new developments, the new apps. I've been seeing a new, um, app like Descript. I've been using Descript for my editing to try it out. Um, we've used Final Cut Pro. We've seen a new website called Podium. 
um, which helps you not only to like you know, get your transcriptions, get your clips, but it helps you to actually write your show notes. It's specific for podcasting and things like this are developing and we're trying stuff out. And I love that. It's, it's the creativity, right? And the joy and part of the process of being a podcaster. But what you're describing in terms of building a, a podcast um, and not having that many people within the network especially within pharmacy, is exactly what I'm going through at the moment. And I've discussed this a couple of times on the podcast because there are less than a handful of organizations who have podcasts within the pharmacy space. And this is like our governing bodies and um, the Pharmaceutical Journal in the UK have podcasts. But there's only two or three of us in individ who are doing individual podcasts that we're building on our own. And I think it's the... Um, the lack of um, awareness or understanding or the knowledge as to how to set this up. There is a lot of work that goes on for both of us behind the scenes in terms of getting a podcast produced, right? From the recording stage, the interview, um, you know, liaising with people in terms of your schedule, like the actual recording, uh, the editing, the, the production, the social media, you know, the getting it out there into the world and showcasing what you're doing. There's, you know, so many steps and that can feel really, really overwhelming. And I've identified that there's quite a few people from what I've seen in the UK who would, who've got ideas. They're like, I love what you're doing. And I can visualize or see myself talking about um, my role in HIV as a pharmacist or raising awareness of H HIV, for example, or, oh, I'm really good at respiratory diseases. That's my topic in primary care. And I could raise awareness of prevention to the community and not just the pharmacy community, to the public. And using, I guess, LinkedIn and social media, I've identified um, that people have an interest for it. So I um, offered a free masterclass, a behind the scenes one and a half tour of like, how can you set up your podcast for free, for free, um, and be able to do just the audio, do it easily on your phone or easily on your computer, not buying any fancy equipment to get you started, um, or even if you want to spend like a very limited amount of money, how to get a cheap microphone, a microphone stand, what headphones to use. Um, gave them tips on like how to um, set up your room um, in terms of getting the best sound quality, uh, the lighting. Um, and then we went through the whole recording process, editing process, publishing process and promotion on social media. And I was in my element, Todd. I mean, literally, I was living my best life. That was one of the best one and a half hours I've spent online in my life. Sanjay and I did it together. It was like the dream. Yeah. We had different sections in the webinar. Um, so I started off basically sharing the story behind Pharmacist Diaries, why I created it, how I came up with the brand name, um, you know, the initial ideas that I had and who I was reaching out to, which was initially students, and then how it's grown into lots of pharmacists and then the international network, et cetera. And kind of the tips that I found along the way in terms of building a brand from scratch and kind of the mistakes I kind of made or things that took me a long time, which I could now fix if someone else was to start a podcast. Um, and then Sanjay went full, you know, throttle into like the recording and the sound and like he, we created this amazing like PDF workbook and like free material for people to know like where to buy um, equipment from the software 
Um, and then when we got to publication stage, um, I, I came back in uh, to the masterclass and kind of showcased how I do my social media and um, also how I get guests. People were quite interested, like they, they're quite, um, quite shy to ask people to come on to their podcast, for example. They're like, oh, what if they say no? I'm like, it's cool. It's cool. You'll find someone else. It's that if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, that someone's going to say no, they were probably not best suited to be on the podcast in the first place. And there's hundreds of other pharmacists or professionals, whoever you're interviewing, depending on the topic, um, that you could, you know, put out there. Um, and I realized, so this was only a couple of days ago, by the way, um, I realized that Sanjay and I have this, this energy you know, like, and this passion, and it's like a shared married couple who are working together. And we work together, um, obviously, day in, day out. Um, but we we have this brand that we're building, and we get to work together. And there's just so much passion behind what we're doing. And if I can help people to set up their own podcasts and build a larger network in the UK, oh my gosh, I would be so happy. I would be so happy and it's just amazing. So for me, like speaking to you, you're, you know, 10, 15 years ahead of where I could be and and what you've achieved in all this time. It just is really inspirational for me to have this conversation with you. It makes me feel really good because, um, you know, when you look at role models, in, in the field of work that you're in, like you're role modeling the way. And it's really nice that I've got like someone to, um, bounce ideas off of, or I can see what you're doing. And I'm like, Oh, that, you know, that's a really good idea. Or I could ask Todd like, okay, how would this work for me? And in the UK. And, um, it's just nice that I've now come to the point where I'm finding other podcasters to talk to and within the pharmacy space, I've spent the last three years not having that conversation. I've been looking at the likes of Rich Roll and, um, you know, big, like the Diary of the, C- Diary of the CEO, um, Stephen Bartlett. He's famous here in the UK and he's getting bigger in the, in the US now. Um, Joe Rogan, you know, I've been looking at people like that and looking at what they're doing in the podcast world and kind of building my brand specific to how they've grown. Um but actually it's so nice to see people within the pharmacy space doing the same thing. Well, I agree. And right back at you. So you're very lucky to have a husband that supports you like that. Um, um, as an example, my wife is a nurse and she works at a maximum security prison in the uh, Western Pennsylvania. And when she comes home from her work, she has no interest in doing anything connected to that work. Whereas I'm the exact opposite. When I come home, I can't help but to stop ab- to stop thinking about how do I uh, enhance my client relationship with their audio branding? How do I support pharmacists to reach more patients? How do I help pharmacists understand how to leverage content development to be a mirror to evidence-based pod or evidence-based studies, evidence-based journals, or medical information, or something that's a higher so. You are with someone who's a very create. I know I've watched your husband. Like I, right before we started, I gave him a high five, uh, uh, you know, on camera, because he is a creative mind, just like you and I are. So to have someone in your home, whether it's your brother or sister, or in your case, your husband, <clears throat> it's nice to have someone who 
is further ahead of you in something. He's not necessarily on the mic. He could be, but his creativity and his video editing and his create, that's a, that's a part of our brains that I think pharmacists and pharmacy technicians can tap into to keep, um, a passion in them going by becoming a content creator. I know as soon as I started podcasting, it was very difficult to do. I didn't know how to do it. Back in 2009, there were no books on how to podcast. There was no, you know, podcasting for dummies didn't exist. Um, nobody in the pharmacy industry is podcasting. I wasn't a pharmacist. So imagine me trying to get over the learning curve of understanding what the word hyperlipidemia meant or titration or you know, a myriad of other terms that are, you know, pharmacologically driven. So I had some unique uh, challenges that I backfilled with hyperactivity, creativity, and networking, which were my strengths. And the network is really, to me, it's, it's the most valuable part of what's been built. And it's been built meticulously where I followed, I didn't just go out on my own and build something by myself. I followed the suit of how do pharmacists learn? What do pharmacists value when they're learning? And that was constantly going back to something that is a primary source of information or, or an authority of information. So our network, which is just, it's a blessing to look at it today. You know, we have uh, over 60 participating individuals a mixture of business professionals, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, association leaders that are using the network to amplify their messages and get their messages out that are very core to the meaning of pharmacy care and how important our pharmacists and pharmacy workers are to total wellness. And when you start thinking about how do pharmacists impact everyday wellness, it's bigger than everybody is thinking about because everybody wants to commoditize pharmacy in some ways. And when I say everybody, I mean like the payment organizations. They kind of want to stuff you in a corner as a pharmacist and say, oh, here, but that's not the, that's not the truth. The role of the pharmacist, and you know this, is, is expanding. And when I came into pharmacy in 2004, today, it's 10 times bigger than it was with the role of what ha what's happening in pharmacy and pharmacists. So regardless of the UK or Australia or New Zealand or Germany or the United States, pharmacists everywhere are starting to do so much more than what they used to do. They're starting to be recognized as more critical to total wellness. And I see a big opportunity now that you've laid the groundwork for pharmacist diaries to grow that network throughout the UK and, and beyond, because that's why I'm so glad that you're part of our network, because I've desperately wanted to go into an international um, collaboration. And I don't want people ever sounding the same. I, when I say, my, I just talked to a brand new host this morning and she said, well, what should I talk about? And I'm like, anything that makes you excited in pharmacy. It, there's gonna be some basic things I'm gonna ask you to do to verify the information that you bring the guests that you that you bring on, we want to make sure that there's credibility, but do it your own way. And you know what? When you say Joe Rogan and you say, um, you know, other podcasters that you've kind of looked at, and I look at your style of podcasting, and I just think you're brilliant. I think that you have a very specific brand, a very specific flavor and style, and that's why people listen to you is they want something different. We don't all we don't ever want. 
you'll notice on Pharmacy Podcast Network, there isn't one podcast that is the same as the other ones. Like everybody's a little bit different and that's on purpose. Yeah, and I love that. I do love that um, also in pharmacy, um, we've never been great at uh, showcasing who we are and what our profession is capable of. Within the profession, I think we are very proud of what we do. But when you look at us against nursing and doctors, dentists, optometrists, I feel like we've always been the shy ones that haven't really voiced our opinion. And I think podcasting is perfect for us. I think it's such a great way, like a great way to to share your voice and to share your opinion and to share all the evidence and, you know, bring out that creative side in you. Because I think the pharmacists are really creative. We do have to think outside the box. We have to solve problems because everything is not black and white in pharmacy. When you look at like patient care, it's not a, okay, one size fits all situation. It's not that you can give one dose or one specific drug of choice to solve a problem. You know, you've got like loads and loads of options of treatment and you have to navigate the best option for that patient. So you you know, and each, each pharmacist will have a slightly different opinion as well on what that treatment of choice should be. So there is so much creativity that goes on within the job, but I think that people don't realize that we're creative. They think that we're sort of very type A personalities. Um, and a lot of, I think, pharmacists believe that they're quite boring. A lot of people, I've looked at their LinkedIn profiles and I've reached out to them and I'm like, whoa, your career history is freaking awesome. I cannot, like, you cannot say no to me. You need to come on the podcast. Even if you're shy, we got to do it. I'll help you and I'm going to guide you along the way and we're going to make this work and it's going to be amazing. And they're like, why would you have me? And they just don't have that confidence that they are awesome individuals and awesome professionals. Um, And then they go through this podcast conversation and at the end or a few days later that I get a message or an email saying what a reflective journey it was and how much they've realized that they've achieved. And I love about myself that I can bring that out in people. Like I love that I've got this characteristic or this trait within um, as a podcaster to get someone's story out from them and kind of like, you know, guide them to bring out the best version of themselves onto audio and video. Um, And it's such an enjoyable process to get to know someone. And I try not to look at people, like look into people's history too much because I love the curiosity and I want to keep it curious and spontaneous when I have that conversation um, because I think it makes it more authentic and it makes it more valuable that you're actually genuinely getting to know that person rather than basically stalking them online <laughs> before you do it. Um, so, yeah, it's really, I, I think it's a great place to be a pharmacy podcaster and I would highly encourage more people to go out there and do it. And you know, today's the day that I get to kind of announce that I am now part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And this is like, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Um, awesome. That's a class. Thank you. Thank you. Um, a really exciting moment for Pharmacist Diaries, to be honest. Um, so, you know, I, I said 2023 is my year. I felt it. 
from the beginning and I said like this is going to be an awesome year and the fact that you reach out to me has made that you know come to life so you know this is this is really exciting but back to your story we've gone off topic because <laughs> I'm still really curious in this stage is that when you started the podcast and you thought about this network and you wanted to bring all these kind of professionals together what was your um, initial vision? What did you think it would look like? Because obviously now it must look quite different to what you initially planned. What were your initial thoughts? Because I'd love to know. I started, I started where I was comfortable because you have to. Um, and that was around technology and how was technology being used in pharmacies to get rid of the barriers, get rid of the bottlenecks in order fulfillment, managing a specific patient's medication needs. And it was all around workflow. So I really didn't know what to talk about initially, although where my sweet spot was. But what I what I taught myself was, I am never going to expand the pharmacy podcast until I get people to talk about aspects of the profession that I know nothing about or know very little about so that I can surround them with what I'm good at. So if you are the expert in nutrigenomics and leveraging nutrigenomics and pediatrics or, or, or for children, and you're the one, but just like you said, Anisha, you said they were introverted or they were shy. And I would bet that that individual that I'm talking about, that fictitious person that's just a genius in that would be very data-driven and maybe in fact shy. Well, if they are, or if they're not, it doesn't matter to me. I want to surround them with networking and marketing and graphics and video and, and, and web, you know, web push and webinar and social media. And I want to make, I want to help rise their content up out of just themselves. And then I want to connect it to other people that we're going to be like, well, you're talking about pediatrics, but there should be a nutrigenomics focus in senior care, or there should be for someone with a rare disease or, you know, vitamin de deficiency and how that impacts, you know, cancer treatment or whatever it is. So it's, I knew the power of networking before I started the pharmacy podcast network. And it was always my intention to take people's individual thoughts and put them into a literal network to get more impact from it so that we're connecting people together. There are so many, there's two sides of, of my candidates for po pharmacy podcast network. There's the people that get it because they took time to listen and work with me and understand what the end game was. What's my goal? Well, the goal is to advance the profession of pharmacy and advance the role of the pharmacist and, and maybe a tiny little part of it in amplifying their voice through podcasting and social media. So that's, that's candidate one. Candidate two, who decides not to go forward with the, with the network, they wanted to set the world on fire all by themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. And their ego got involved where they were under the impression that if I become part of a network, it will overshadow my creativity. It will overshadow my own content. I won't have the ability to do whatever I want or talk about what I want. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The network, just like if you said, what's the FIP? The Federation of International Pharmacists, right? Well, if I was a pharmacist from Dubai, and I'm sitting back and I said, hmm, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could put a network of international subject matter experts and I could like make this conference and I could make this amazing panel of people. 
And then as you're describing that to this guy, let's call him Joe, we say, Joe, have you ever heard of the FIP? And Joe's like, well, no, I want to do it myself. And I'm like, all right, well, go ahead. But the FIP is out there for a reason, right? The NCPA in the America is called the National Community Pharmacists Association. So if I'm a community pharmacist and I want to network with other community pharmacists and I want to empower each other, I'm going to join that network. So what is the Pharmacy Podcast Network? <laughs> it is a network for pharmacists or pharmacy technicians or business professionals that want to leverage podcasting specifically in order to advance, here's the key, their mission, not my mission, not Anisha's mission, not you know Nancy's mission or Tony's mission. I'm specifically saying your mission. So if it's about pharmacogenomics or if it's about, you know, um, something special in senior care, or if it's about, you know, burnout or something, I want to take everything that we've built and I want to put them on the, the network, which to me, it just amplifies tenfold, 100 fold of what they're going to be able to do. Number one, number two, it's going to bring them back to the network of a bunch of people who think like you do and think like I do. And we're going to work off each other to make each other even better than we would by ourselves. So I have a hashtag, hashtag together, and then it says RX at the end. So together and then X. And the reason that together RX, that's literally like my heart, like the heart of this entire network is knowing that we're going to accomplish so much more as a network than we'd we ever, than we'll ever do as individuals. And if I can have one of my podcasters become a multi-billionaire because they were recognized by some investment company to get them involved and, and, and keep moving them through the process. If I look back and I said, wow, I had a tiny little part of that to get their amplification of their voice out there, then I feel like I've, I'm fulfilled. And I can't tell you how many times that that's happened since I've launched this. There have been so many pharmacists that have come through the network who are now doing 10 times better than what they did when they joined. And I know I had a tiny part in that success. So that like keeps me going and gets me. It lights you up. It lights you up, Todd. And I love it. I love it. There's a couple of points from that that kind of resonate with me. Um, number one, I think pharmacists are quite competitive in nature. Yep. They're not necessarily the best at Maybe it's a little bit of fear in pharmacists as a, as a profession that they keep things to themselves a little bit and they're not quite ready to share or showcase their idea in case someone's going to steal it. Okay. Um, and that kind of comes across um, with some other, like with other people who are trying to do podcasts, hence why they just say, oh, I'm just going to do it on my own. I don't want Todd to kind of steal my show and and make it more of his own and they just want to wing it and take this slow route to some extent because doing things alone is a slower process but it also is not as fun it is not as near as fun as meeting other people who are like-minded and who are also doing their thing in the same field they're all podcasters. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all learning along the way. We're all trying and testing new ideas. And I'm sure if I tried something and it worked really, really well, like this new app that I'm using, like for sure, I'm going to feed, I'm going to use it a few times. I'm going to tell you if it's really good. And of course I'm going to share it with you. Why the heck wouldn't I? 
um, it would be just sad not to share something good with someone else who's kind of, if I could help you with something that I think is awesome in the podcasting space, like I absolutely would share it with you. And the other comment I was going to make was that, you know, you talk about um, amplifying people's voices and kind of, uh, you know, showcasing the profession. I feel like the network and the idea and the concept of the network has the ability to shape the profession because you're putting so many people in touch with each other and every person that listens to an episode who hears about a new podcaster or a guest on their podcast and everyone who kind of goes onto your social media and identifies all these people within your network will find one other person who has something in common with them something similar an idea and they would potentially reach out to them and say hey this is what I'm doing in this space I would have never found you if it wasn't for the podcast network I literally would have never found you unless I'd listened to this podcast episode and then they make that connection and this probably happened to you guys thousands of times and you would have no like you probably have no idea how many times it's happening and it would be amazing to know that info wouldn't it but yeah, it literally would. The amount of people that you've reached. I could charge more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is incredible, isn't it? And things will move so much faster because you're hearing all this audio and you're watching all this video and you're learning in a different in a different format than your normal kind of like webinar or um, you know, going to university and listening to lectures or whatever it is. Um like traditional education you're learning in in a different format and you might be driving in your car and you're on the way to work and you come up with the amount of times I've listened to a podcast and I've come up with a really cool idea someone else has just inspired me or motivated me or made a comment that kind of made me think about something with the podcast or my business or being an entrepreneur and I'm like boom that's a freaking good idea like I'm going to try it like these master classes I don't think I would have ever thought to share how I became a pharmacist in another country, getting licensed, getting a visa, you know, the work-life balance, you know, what it's like to move abroad, how it's impacted my profession as a pharmacist, how it's increased my network, how my communication skills have improved, how my creativity, my innovation, like the, the digital space that you work in in Abu Dhabi with so much money compared to the UK, you're, expo- you're exposed to so much more. I got introduced to Epic when I was there and Cleveland Clinic, which was an amazing experience that I would have never had the opportunity to do. And I shared that on a masterclass. And there's so many people now who are just saying like, yeah, I want to do that. And you've given me some food for thought. You've given me some ideas and you've kind of guided me in terms of the process to make it happen. And like you said, you reach one person, you're happy. You make one person like improve by 1%, you're happy. You've done your job. And I feel like that about podcasting now. I've only been doing it for three years, but I'm starting to see how other people are really excited about creating their own. And one lady who came on my masterclass, she said, oh, I just came on to, you know, just get an idea of what you do and how much work is involved. And she's like, I'm going to create one now. Like, I'm going to do it. And I was so excited about that. Um, And I just think, the brand Pharmacist Diaries just has the ability to potentially change lives. 
Like that is so cool. That is something to be really proud of and something to really be excited about. So, you know, that's something I can share with you because, you know, we're both in the same space from that perspective. And and I think that's really exciting. It is. It's special. And it's and we know that we've done things that are impacting other people's confidence and it's providing them affirmation that you can't get necessarily from outside your market. Like if if my my mother is not a healthcare professional, she was a teacher, but every once in a while she'll listen to one of our episodes and she'll be like, oh, that's um, was really interesting uh, what you were talking about pharmacogenomics and how your genes respond to medications differently than someone else. Now her compliment, that's nice because it's my mom and I love my mom and I know she loves me, but that's not the same as getting a compliment from you who's also a podcaster and a pharmacist where you'd say, hey, I listened to this episode and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, not only am I going to share it, but I think it was highly valuable to me. Like I take, I take criticism and I take compliments from my network so much more to heart because it means something to my business and I pay attention to our listener. Our listeners, our listeners have become podcasters on our network. There have been people that have come to me and said, I've been a listener for four years and now I want to join your network because I have this idea. And that gives me chills because I'm just like, that's the end game. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I want to put out people's content. I want to support you. I want to accelerate you. I want to amplify you. And I want to do whatever it takes to make you successful. And I've had so many pharmacists today. Some of them are still with me. And some of them have graduated to other projects where they don't have the time to do it because you know as well as I do how much time one episode it takes to do an episode. There's a lot of time in it. But there's people out there that were part of the PPN or were part of our network who are just, you know, on a whole nother scale now. And I remember them being part. Or there's ones that are still here. Tony Guerra, Dr. Guerra is still our oldest podcaster. He, I think he's been with us for eight or nine years. And he was the first to take our student um, podcast and start building podcasts just for students. And then he graduated to pharmacy residency. And then he started selling all these books. And he comes back to me and he's like, the podcast helped me get to that next level. And I'm just like, that's all I want to hear. Like, that's a, that's just like, that's it. Like, I want to know that this network helped you get to your next level. It helped you be more successful. It helped you to build confidence. It helped you to get your name out there. And that's exactly why I'm excited about Pharmacist Diaries because I know with us pushing your content out through the network and sharing, you're going to hit so many other people that are going to want to listen to your voice and understand what you're going through because it, I don't, I want to disappear from being out there podcasting physically. I'd like to start going more into administration, but, um, but I always like to do it because it's kind of addictive as you can, I'm sure you agree now that you've been podcasting for three years, it's always going to, you probably won't be able to stop. You'll probably always do it. I've done, I've done five this week. What are we on Thursday? <laughs> my, my poor evenings. I've just like shoved my kids in the bed. I'm like, I'm busy. I need to, yeah, get my shit done. But you know, it's, it's evening creativity for me. It's enjoyable to, uh, spend the evening having conversation with you. It's not ideal to be fair with children. It's hard to shove them in bed and tell them to be quiet so I can go and do my work. But it, it doesn't exactly work like that. I'm kind about it. But 
and and Sanjay like again like how supportive I wouldn't be able to do it if he wasn't around because without him being able to support me with bedtime routine and making sure they're okay whilst I'm here you know doing my thing um you know it, it, it wouldn't be it would be much more challenging um so yeah I'm very grateful to have the support of a kind husband who believes in my voice and my brand and my mission and my vision so um I try to do my best with batch recording like in a week so that I've got enough content then for a month so then you know I have a little bit of break from recording but I miss it in those weeks that I'm um not doing it and I always feel bad saying to people oh like I'm you know it's going to be another three or four weeks before I can record again it comes across like I'm too busy but it's not the case it's just for time management purposes it's much easier for us to batch record and did you know I haven't I I, I don't know if you've seen on social media I've hired two student interns and I'm currently training them to come and do all of our editing and our social media. Like this is a game changer. And in exchange, because, um, you know, uh, I'm not earning any income from the podcast really. So um, it's unpaid. And I was like, oh, we'll just do it as a summer internship. Bless them. Both of them have agreed to do it for nearly a year. Um, and they've agreed to do it for free. And in exchange, I'm giving um, professional like uh, mentoring. In exchange and that is just brings me a lot of joy that I'll be able to help them on their journey to be, both of them had just finished university and they're going into their kind of like training and intern years mm-hmm. one's from the US which is even more exciting so um you know um your financial pharmacist yes Tim he um, very kindly posted about my internship advert on his LinkedIn page. And I had all these Americans very kindly reach out to me. And one of them, Gustavo, um, is now one of my interns. Um, and then uh, one of the girls is from the UK, um, a student of mine. So uh, really excited to, again, like just excited to see what, I'm going to do when I don't have all of this admin editing and social media. Where is Pharmacist Diaries going to go? Woo, woo, woo. I am just literally, I'm overjoyed by the amount of time that I'm going to have to be more creative, you know, get more podcasts done, do my own videos, because I'm really keen to basically talk straight into camera and do my own videos about different topics within the career space, whether that's um, guiding people on kind of interview tips or writing your resume or your CV, um, how to transition, dealing with stress, kind of things that I've been through that I'd like to share with the world, which I don't necessarily do as a host, right? I mean, of course, like we've had a conversation here where I'm sharing my opinion just as much as you are, but it's not always the case when you're the host because your, your mission is to get that story from the person that you're interviewing. So you don't always have the opportunity to debate, um, or kind of share your own opinion, which I try to do. Um, because I think people who listen to the podcast like to hear as much from me as they like to hear from the guest as well. But then I think there's a lot of value in me creating my own content, um, which I'm really excited to see what that's going to look like. I mean, I'm excited to see how that's going to feel. So yeah, the students are going to give me the space to be able to do that. Um, I've always wanted to start a blog as well on the website, which I've not been able to do. Um, So that's something else like, um, yeah, I'm hoping to make more time for 
Yeah. That's it's exciting. My, that's my weakness. I never reverted back to blogging, but I miss it. So I think I need to blog on concepts to help amplify the individual content or subject matter. Um, that's something I'm going to take from you on today's interview. I think I'd like to. Nice. You know, I, I, I've had a conversation with a few people within, uh, the business space or entrepreneur space and not just in pharmacy, but in healthcare. And a lot of people have fed back. So these are people who live in the UK who are business owners who have their own blogs and they've been doing them for like a decade. And they say in the healthcare space in the UK, um, and she's got a podcast as well. She says that she has so many more like people reading her blogs versus listening to the podcast. Now, I find that the power of audio and video, like you said, has so much more value. I mean, you can get your point across, you can demonstrate your passion, you can really feel the person's story or that connection. You feel like you're with them in the room, right? You could not get that by reading. True. But healthcare professionals, they love a read. Yeah. They love a read. So um, I want to see what happens if I start blogging and what that's going to look like um, for the people who, you know, follow me. Um, and I think it would be nice to have a bit of variety and do a bit of both um, and see where it goes. I think that podcasting from an education perspective, because that's a big part of the content that we're putting out through the network. There's um, a um, an organization called Pharmacy Times, big magazine, but they also have a continuing education division and they use the network to distribute all of that content because we get such a great amount of downloads per per episode for them. And that's what they want. They want those downloads and those listens. To me, podcasting and education is secondary. So the primary is is always that written, published, written form that then you can build off of other content pieces in order to accentuate and learn. Not everybody learns from sitting in a lecture as well as they might reading versus someone like me, I would like to read something. And then if I had a podcast that would summarize it, it would drill it into my memory better than if I just read it versus if I just listened to a podcast about something very complex, maybe a specific disease state or titration or opioid use disorder or something. If I just podcast listened, it wouldn't be as effective as if, as if I read it and then I listened to a podcast. So I think tomorrow, um, which I know when this is published, it won't necessarily be actually tomorrow, but tomorrow in our studio, we're welcoming the uh, West Virginia School of Pharmacy Dean, Dr. William Petros and um, Dr. Mark Garofoli, who also works for WVU School of Pharmacy. And he's actually one of our podcasters. He does the, the show called The Pain Pod. And he's known as the pain guy. He's like, I'm the pain guy. And um, so it's all about pain management. Well, the reason why Dr. Petros and Dr. Garofoli are coming here is they want to understand how do we take podcasting into the student realm in order to amplify and in order to support, in order to sandbox a lot of their ideas that coincide with the primary source of information. So on, on so many of my own podcasts that we've been on, I've said podcasting is underutilized. It's there. We haven't even reached our, you know, our pinnacle yet. It's still blowing up, but, but in healthcare, 
we owe it to our listeners to be a higher quality podcast than just your average podcast because we have to be clinical and we have to rely on proof and we have to rely on evidence. So when you start combining journal articles with a blog, with a video, with a podcast discussion, that is a powerful combination to fortify memory and to fortify learning and to fortify and support uh, medical professionals and providers to go take that information and take it to the next level and keep pushing it. That was such a good explanation. Oh my goodness. That was such a good explanation. That makes so much sense. I'm going to blog. I'm doing it. Do it. <laughs> this is it. I'm announcing it. You're going to see a blog on pharmacistdiaries.com, guys. Um, I'm really excited about this podcast episode that you're doing. Oh my God. I can't wait. Honored. I wanted, when, when I saw Pharmacist Diaries, I said, someday I'm going to be on Anisha's show. I want to be on Pharmacy Diaries. So, Pharmacist Diaries. This is it. Your day's arrived. Woo-hoo. Yeah. That is really exciting. And I am very excited to find out what their thoughts are on how we can bring podcasting into, yeah, student life. That's, yeah, really good idea. Imagine you listening to a very complex presentation from a professor. That professor knows the information extremely well. They say it a very specific way. Now you take a bucket of pharmacy students. Let's say you take four of them. You sit down with the notes and the four of them all get to talk with each other about their interpretation of that complex science. And when you listen to four different pharmacy students all about that basic information in the form of a, of a contextual conversation, you're going to get so much more out of that information than if you were to just listen to it traditionally. So my analogy or my analogy to the future of what can happen in pharmacy education is, is if we begin paneling every complex, you know, subject, epidemiology, for example, and we had pharmacy students from Pitt Pharmacy School or Duquesne or, or UConn University come together. And what if we picked one from each school and there were four of them that all came together that says, let's review epidemiology 101. What, what's the complexities? What do we understand? What don't we understand? And you had that mind share. That's not evidence-based, but what that is, is it's a way for them to exercise together, publish it, listen to it, go back and then say maybe a year later or two years later, hey, there were some changes in the studies. Here's what we've learned. And it's, it's, a, it's a collective way of learning in versus uh, just traditional, you know, listening to the listening to the professor, listening to the presentation, and then that's it. This way it's a sandbox and it's an opportunity for everyone to interpret the information together. I love that. That is a freaking awesome idea. That's a great idea. I'm loving it. We'll have the Pharmacist Diaries uh, sandbox where we can bring in a bunch of pharmacy students in the UK and we'll do the same thing. That sounds great. I love that idea. It's kind of making me think too much right now when I'm trying to like have a conversation with you, but I'm like buzzing now. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> it's bedtime over here. I'm supposed to be calming down. <laughs> That's the problem as well with podcasting in the evening, by the way, is you get fired up True. literally, and then it's difficult to go to sleep. <laughs> I get too excited. Um, no, that's amazing. And there's, I mean, we've been speaking for an hour already yeah. and I feel like I really truly understand your mission. 
I understand your vision and it's so authentic and genuine and I really I'm so excited to be part of the network because it feels like it's a genuine connection. It's not just me joining to amplify my voice and reach out to a larger network. Of course, that's going to be amazing. And I genuinely can't wait to see what happens because it's very exciting. Like, I, I think once you announce that we're, I'm joining the network and you send out a little bit of, you know, fun on social media and I come onto your podcast and you share that newsletter, I'm really excited to see, um, what new pharmacists reach out to me but also that will start raising more questions or potentially um, pharmacists within the U.S. will want to come and join me for episodes which will be really exciting we can learn more about what's happening in the U.S. in terms of pharmacy and again it's more about that collaboration and sharing ideas of different topics um, within the pharmacy space even within the space of careers as well because the the journey of a pharmacist is so different in the UK compared to the US and I think that the UK can learn a lot from what pharmacists are doing in the US especially from the educational point of view and the undergraduate curriculum um, and the programs that there are in terms of the PharmDs. Um, there's a lot that's going on that I feel like we could learn from, but it's very difficult, again, to make those connections and find people in the education space who are willing to have that conversation. So, you know, conversations like this will come up. Um, academics hopefully will reach out to me. If you're there, you know, reach out to me. Um, and uh, we can we can enjoy kind of sharing ideas and, and seeing how we can help students because that's, again, one of my missions with the podcast and the initial idea that I had was to help the students that I teach and help them to learn about what career options are available to them in the UK and identify from a very early stage within pharmacy what they're passionate about, what they're very good at within the pharmacy profession in terms of skills and then choosing the right career pathway rather than just kind of falling into one um, and seeing and winging it and seeing how it goes. Um, I think a lot of students just in some ways take the easy route and go into retail pharmacy, um, but I think they don't necessarily understand all of their skills and where those skills can be utilized to the best of their ability. So that's a good point. Let's bring, let's talk about that real quick. So my personal opinion about entering pharmacy is that the most important aspect of the pharmacist is the advocacy of the patient's voice regarding their medication management and anything else that comes into play that could impact that patient's health. So a pharmacist is the defender of the patient. So that's your patient's voice your patient's payment, your patient's uh, therapy. It's up to the pharmacist to, to ensure that it's happening the way it was intended to happen and then make little adjustments along the way. So the mission of the pharmacist in community pharmacy gives them a whole bunch of experience at once because of the intensity of our retail space. You're putting up with um, so many variances. You're putting up with angry people, happy people, depressed people, sad people, quiet people, loud people. I think that community pharmacy, retail community pharmacy is an intense, I call it a boot camp, like a boot camp pre pre 
for uh, preparing you for that next thing that you might want to do, might to be. So I think in the United States, at least, that community, independent community or chain community, pharmacy is such an amazing place to begin your pharmacy career. But I understand based on the way that community pharmacy is today, especially in the big chain community pharmacy, that they really, because of the business model, and it's broken in the United States because of something called our PBMs, our pharmacy benefit managers, it's broken. So it wears out the pharmacist so much. It grinds them down. It grinds their passion down. And I think that the pharmacist that gets tired of that setting should not be judging the entire profession based on what they could do next. So if you're in community pharmacy, you're listening to this podcast right now and you're sick of community pharmacy or you're sick of that chain environment, do everything in your power to go to specialty or go to pediatrics or go to senior care or consulting or technology or something that is what you're passionate about. But don't ever stop pushing for where you want to be because that's where you're needed. Let me say that again. Don't ever stop pushing for where you want to be because that's where you are needed. You are needed as a pharmacist of where your passion is because that's what's going to happen. You're going to take that PharmD or that pharmacist background and it's going to explode if you if you feed it and you give it nutrients and you give it ideas and you give it, like we were saying, creativity. But you have to do that in order to become happy in being a pharmacist. And if you're not happy being a pharmacist, there's nothing wrong with that, but just go find something that that you're passionate about and then keep doing it. But I, I'll bet you pharmacists that are listening right now or pharmacy technicians that are listening right now would agree that they know they help people every day. Every single day a pharmacist is doing something. They're helping to keep people safe. And that's the number one meaning for pharmacists. That makes me inspired as the Pharmacy Podcast Network founder and someone who does nothing but amplifies the voice of pharmacists, it excites me to think that I am inspiring pharmacists who are saving lives. And it, all it is, is it's a rinse and repeat. And that's all we have to keep doing is over and over and over again. That is some truth right there, Todd, because a lot of pharmacists who go into the retail space or in community pharmacy do experience a huge level of burnout and the big chain pharmacies, um, like you said, because of the business model, it's a numbers game. Mm. You are churning out as many prescriptions and earning as much income for them as you can. And it sometimes takes away the joy of what you went into pharmacy for in the first place, which is the patient. Yes, you're absolutely giving them the medication, but every time you hand out that medication, it's literally handing out a bag because you're so busy mm -hmm. getting all the prescriptions done that you don't necessarily have time to spend with that individual patient. And this isn't the case in every pharmacy. Um, obviously, there are lots of pharmacies doing amazing things in the community, especially in the UK. But I think when you get used to that environment for a certain period of time, and it feels more like Groundhog Day, you do lose that passion and that motivation and your creativity just kind of like creeps in your boots. And I feel like you forget that you have that passion and that drive and that motivation and your instinct tells you to leave pharmacy. But what is so incredible about this profession is that you have 
an insane amount of skill which is transferable to so many different sectors within the pharmacy space. And people, yeah, yeah, and people think there isn't actually that much skill that goes into being a community pharmacist. I genuinely believe that here in the UK because you are like a robot constantly checking prescriptions that you lose a lot of your clinical skill because you're not necessarily using it with the patients because you're machining. But you also feel like you're not utilizing a lot of other skill that hospital pharmacists use or industry pharmacists use. But what pharmacists aren't good at is selling themselves and understanding the true skill that's required to be a pharmacist in the first place. And then going to a new employer and saying, hey guys, this is what I've been smashing out in community pharmacy. I am literally a machine. I'm hardworking. I can produce this many prescriptions per day, per week, per month. Um, but these are also the skills that I have in problem solving, in communication, in being assertive, in having leadership skills, dealing with sickness within the pharmacy and dealing with angry patients. Like you said, you, you deal with depressed patients, sad patients, like loud, quiet. You, you have the ability to work with so many different types of people and you are genuinely in the heart of the community and you have so much to offer. But what pharmacists aren't great is selling themselves and truly believing that what they're doing in society and within the healthcare profession they're just, they're just, they just don't feel confident in terms of what they're doing. And I have so many friends who are in the community and they feel so scared to leave and they don't feel like they have the skill to try a different sector and they don't even apply for the jobs because when they look at the job description and the criteria, they feel like they don't fit. So they automatically say, there's no way I can apply for any of these jobs. Number one, you don't need to fit every single criteria in a job description to apply for a job, by the way. But secondly, you have to learn to understand what skills that you do have from the job that you do now and how that can be applicable to another job in a different sector of pharmacy. And that's okay. Like that's perfectly fine. I've done it so many times now. And this is one of the things and one of the reasons, again, why pharmacist diaries exist, because I want to show people that you can move in pharmacy. We have so much variety. We are so fortunate to have so many options available to us. And like you say, if you feel stuck in one place, move, just move, try something else, go outside the box, go out your comfort zone and just do you try. What's the worst that can happen? genuinely and the more interview experience you get and the more you potentially might get rejected the more practice that you get doing that and then you will eventually find and land one of the best jobs that you could find and you will become a different person i feel like people give up on pharmacy too easily these days i do but it's think about it it's it's a behind the scenes uh public non-public really doesn't doesn't engage as much as they could so I want to see Hollywood or a movie producing company do a sitcom that's all based around pharmacy instead of always a physician or a lawyer or a police officer. Those are like the main, you know, sitcoms or the main shows. I want to see a show and there was a couple comedic shows that tried to come about but they were very small in 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 production, but I want to see a sitcom come out all about 
pharmacists in pharmacy. And I think it would be wildly funny because I think of how many different situations you could, you know, poke fun at your patient in strangeness or something like that. And there have been a couple skits on Saturday Night Live about pharmacists and pharmacy interaction with their um, with their patients. And they're always just hilarious because there's a, even on The Simpsons, there's a pharmacist that comes in and out. And so there's very specific life things and, and experiences that are happening around pharmacy that doesn't happen in any other facet because of the sensitivity of medication and keeping people alive and contraindications and all of that. But I want to see the public learn more about what we're doing in, in, the, in the realm of the pharmacy profession. That's another reason that podcasting, because there's so much growth in it, that pharmacist, you know, pharmacy diaries could be marketed to the consumer world too, to demystify what does a pharmacist actually do? Like, let's, Let's have an episode just for our consumers about, hey, this is what a pharmacist does, or this is what a sex therapist pharmacist does, or this is what a pediatric pharmacist does, or an artificial intelligence pharmacist, or, I mean, the list goes on and on. But we have to take our time to remember that the most important person in healthcare is the patient. And therefore, our patients deserve to understand truly what pharmacists do. Boom. <laughs> You just, you, you're giving more ideas there, Todd. See? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your brain is firing up. I do have quite a few listeners who are around 17 to 18 years old, so they're figuring out what they want to do for university. I was thinking actually to reach out to like high schools yeah, and do careers talks, you know, to uh, showcase what pharmacists do, showcase the the podcast obviously um and uh get more people to um join this profession i think it's a great idea um yeah yeah we love an idea don't we yes <laughs> need more agreed just giving us more work to do <laughs> exactly go ahead yeah go agreed ahead. um oh my god this conversation was great and i'm so happy that we got to know each other a little bit more and um, I got to share your your, your the network. I'm so proud of this. This is our first official international um, collaboration that we'll have someone that has an established podcast uh, come into the network so that we can amplify and cross cross you with other podcasters in the network so that we can get more out of this than what we're getting out of it by ourselves. So I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I love it. Before you go and before we stop, obviously. Um, I'd love for you to share uh, more about your website, social media, where people can find you if people want to contact you. Where can they do that? Well, as the podfather of pharmacy, that's what I self-called myself, the podfather. Um, you can find us everywhere at the uh, handle at Pharmacy Podcast. So that's on um, Instagram. That's on uh, Twitter. I still love Twitter or they call it X now. Um, and then of course, LinkedIn, if you just go to pharmacy podcast network, we're there. If you Google pharmacy podcast network, you'll find us. And then our shows are everywhere, anywhere there's a directory, um, we publish. So on your stitchers, on your Spotify's, on your Google podcasts will show up. And, um, we have, uh, many feeds. We have feeds that are dedicated to the entirety. And then we have our separate feeds, which are very specific to the theme of the podcaster and the podcast uh, pharmacist or 
person that's leading it. And um, if you're listening and you have a podcast in pharmacy and you want to join the network, please reach out to us. We would love to uh, interview you and, and see if there's a fit. There probably will be, but sometimes there is uh, timing that would come in um, into it all because it's conference season right now. And it feels like I have two extra jobs because it's conference season. <laughs> Fair play. I love that. And you've been busy recently with your conferences and traveling and stuff. Have you been enjoying it? I don't like the travel. I like being, uh, if you could just figure out how to beam me from teleport. one another teleport. If I could just get teleportation to work without killing people through the teleportation, I think that would be the, that, that, that I would love to travel as much. I just don't like the travel part. Fair play. And then you have to be away from family as well. That's quite tough. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice escape at the same time. That's true too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love my kids, but I do like a little bit of space from them sometimes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this is amazing. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me. I'm genuinely very excited for what's to come and uh, I guess what the rest of 2023 has to offer once I join the network. And um, yeah, watch this space, guys. Watch this. Watch Pharmacy uh, Pharmacist Diaries with uh, Patel and um, we can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs>